All right. So our cold open this week, we're talking Ordinary People, of course, directed by the one and only Bobby Redford, uh, a, a well-established actor at this point who this is his debut directing. So we thought we'd talk other uh, films that we love by actors turned directors. Who would like to start us off this week? Me. Ooh, Jonathan's me, got me. his hand raised. Jonathan. I took all the obvious ones. Yay. <laughs> okay. So we're going to start off with Penny Marshall, A League of Their Own. I mean. All right. Come nice. on. You got exactly. to give it to Marshall. Mm-hmm. Um, Harold Ramis. Just Harold Ramis. Just Harold Ramis. Just Harold Ramis. Oh, yeah. Analyze yeah. this. Analyze that. Yeah. Uh, year one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Rob Reiner's Princess Bride. There was a tough one to pick one from too, but yeah, I mean, basically Rob Reiner's entire catalog. Mm-hmm. You know, well, I mean, at least it's like output from Spinal Tap in '84, yeah. like to like a few Good Men in '93 for like a decade. He's just throwing out hit after hit. Yeah, mm-hmm. somehow we don't consider him one of the greatest directors who ever lived. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, a personal one. Of course, I had to put Braveheart in here. I mean, nice. Mel yeah. Gibson's a piece of shit. But like they said in South Park, God damn, does that guy know plot structure? <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll be hitting quite a few later on of uh, actors turned directors. Indeed. I can't wait to talk about that. Movie. Oh, I can't wait to talk about that movie. <laughs> Zach, what you got for us? Yeah, I've got some obvious picks, too. Um, you, know, you have to mention, I think, Clint Eastwood, I think he was always meant to be a director really Mm -hmm. Um, fine as you know, an action star, not necessarily the most versatile actor, but great director. Um, Shout out to Warren Beatty. You know, I'm not going to say too much, you know, because we've got best picture nominations. We're talking about him. Um, Decided to talk about something next week. Uh, Right. You know, I'll, I'll say Ben Affleck, his first, his favorite of mine so far has been the town. I think I, I really love the town. I um, yeah, I like I love the town. I love Gone Baby Gone as well. Yeah, and then I'll give a shout out to Charles Lawton, uh, you know who we know from Mutiny on the Bounty, right? With Night of the Hunter, you know I watched that doing the podcast, and it's such a interesting movie, an influential horror that wasn't very successful when it came out, and it kept him from directing more. But yeah, it's it's achieved that cult status, and it is really interesting and cool. So yeah, that's my list for sure. It's a good list. Thanks. I like yeah. it. Oh, thanks, buddy. I just dropped everything. Everything. <laughs> <laughs> um. So uh, uh, a big one for me, and uh, I know a lot of people don't think about him as a director, but he's directed some amazing films. Is Danny DeVito? Oh. Mm-hmm. Danny DeVito mm-hmm. did a uh, throw mama from the train. One of my all time favorite movies, mm-hmm. uh, Matilda. Yeah. Oh, such a great movie. Uh, and, uh, death to smoochie. <laughs> the movie is so amazing. And I hate how many people have not seen that fucking movie. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's pretty good. Um, Travis would be really angry if we didn't mention his favorite movie, easy rider directed by Dennis Hopper. Of course. <laughs> of course. So mad yep. if we didn't mention it. Yep. Uh, of course, uh, my my God, uh, Jack Nicholson directed a 
a few things, including uh, like the Crossing Guard and um, uh, King of Marvin Gardens. I think he also huh. directed the Two Jakes, the Chinatown sequel. Oh, hmm. I haven't seen those. Check them out and see what his style is like. It's yeah, it's interesting. I mean, he's only got four director credits. Yeah, so one of them is just a uncredited two. On uh, which one? The Terror, one oh. final day director, uncredited <laughs> in '63. Oh yeah, The Terror. I have a dollar store copy of the DVD I found of that. I have to watch it. Uh, and one, probably my current favorite actor turned director, who uh, we will be talking about a lot next year around this time, uh, is uh, Greta Gerwig. Nice. She's incredible, and mm. I love her. Yes. And, uh, I think I'll I think I'll cap it off there. Good. Yeah. Thank you. Well done. Want to talk about a movie? Let's talk about a movie. Hello, you beautiful people out there in podcast land. My name is Paul Workman. I'm Jonathan Pierce. And I'm Zach McCoy. And we are your Oscar Grouches. Welcome back to the Oscars podcast, a show where we discuss Oscar winners throughout history and try to determine where the Academy went wrong. If they went wrong, what film are we watching this week? Zach. We're watching Ordinary People, the story of Conrad and his suburban family as they battle the specters of their troubled past. Very nice. Uh, is this everybody's first time seeing this film? Yes. Yes, and check one off of Paul's predictions. And yes for me, so check one off of Zach's predictions. Yes. I don't remember what all you predicted, but I know you predicted that one. Nice. Uh, yeah. yeah. All right. Well, I guess nobody has. Uh, this, this is another one I will say up front is one of those ones I didn't watch because it beat Raging Bull. And I was always told that that was a mistake, so I just didn't bother watching it. <laughs> mm, same. Uh, so, got a, got a couple more of those coming up. So, let us get into our Oscar breakdown. Break it down! All right, it is a chilly night, March 31st, 1981. Put on a jacket, Los Angeles. <laughs> And head on down to the Dorothy Chandler Pavilion to watch you an Oscar ceremony. Uh, we are our host this evening is a returning for a third time now, Johnny Carson. I think so. It's three in a row. Nice. Uh, so Johnny Carson and uh, our ceremony is being produced tonight by Oscar winner Norman Jewison. Okay. Our most nominated films on the evening are Elephant Man and Raging Bull at Eight. Our most awarded film on the evening is Ordinary People at Four. Oh. Let's see. Best picture, of course, goes to Ordinary People over Coal Miner's Daughter, The Elephant Man, Raging Bull, and Tess. Uh, Robert Redford picks up Best Director for Ordinary People, beating out the likes of David Lynch, Martin Scorsese. Mm. So, 
Uh, we will talk a little bit more about Martin Scorsese and Raging Bull tomorrow night. Uh, Thursdaysy. Find us at Thursdaysy. <laughs> Trying to get in our, you know, our bar that we're going to create, you know, eventually. That's right. <laughs> our our 1940s themed big band bar. Yes. All right. Our best actor on the evening is Robert De Niro in Raging Bull. Mm. Mm-hmm. Our best actress on the evening is Sissy Spacek for Coal Miner's Daughter, playing the great country legend Loretta Lynn. Yes. Uh, beating out Mary Tyler Moore for Ordinary People. Mm-hmm. Our best supporting actor is Timothy Hutton for Ordinary People, playing young Conrad Jarrett, beating out his co-star, Judd Hirsch, who plays his, uh, his psychiatrist. Yeah. Don't mean to interrupt your thing, but did they? Um, was there no lead actor, or was Donald Sutherland continue? continue there was the lead no actor? lead actor. Our lead actor conversation tonight is uh, Robert De Niro, Robert Duvall in The Great Santini, John Hurt for The Elephant Man, Jack Lemon for Tribute, and Peter O'Toole for The Stuntman. Okay. With Stuntman also gets a directing nod, but no picture nod. Our. Uh, best supporting actress goes to Mary Steenburgen for Melvin and Howard. Aww, I'm so happy. I love Mary Steenburgen. Yes. Speaking of Melvin and Howard, best screenplay written directly for the screen goes to Bo Goldman for Melvin and Howard. Oh, it beat Fame. It also beat <laughs> Private Benjamin. Hmm. I don't know much about Melvin and Howard. I gotta write that down. Yeah, uh, the Howard and Melvin and Howard is Howard Hughes. Oh. Okay. Uh, so I've, I have also not seen this, but I think this is directed by Jonathan Demi, who uh-huh. uh, does Silence of the Lambs and yeah. uh, Stop Making Sense, the, the Talking Heads. The Talking Heads documentary. Shit, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's such a good concert doc. <laughs> All right. Uh, our best screenplay based on material from another medium goes to Ordinary People which will, of course, be the last one it picks up. So let's find out if it gets if it loses anything down the line. So best foreign language film goes to Moscow does not believe in tears <laughs> from the Union of Soviet Socialist Republics. Nice. No sympathy. Our, nope, none at all. Uh, best documentary. Beat Kurosawa. <laughs> yes, it beats Kajay Musha, the Akira Kurosawa film. Take a drink, folks. It's a criterion. <laughs> All right. Our best documentary feature goes to From Mao to Mozart, Isaac Stern in China. Mao. Mao. Uh, best documentary short subject goes to Carl Hess, Toward Liberty. And it beats out the eruption of Mount St. Helens. Oh. Gotta get I, have, I have a jar of ash from Mount St. Helens. Oh, really? My, um, my mom grew up a few hours away on the east part of Washington State. And, you know, it made it that far. Snow, like piles of snow, like in the yard. Oh, wow. Exciting. Yeah. Our best live action short film goes to the dollar bottom. Uh, that's not, uh, I wonder what a bottom for a dollar is like. Um, I have an idea. You have. What's this? It's not for children's ears. <laughs> <laughs> It's children, stop listening now. <laughs> um, 
best animated short film goes to the fly, not based off of the movie. <laughs> uh, best original score brings us to our podcast within a podcast. John Williams, Oscar watch. Okay, so it would seem that best original song score and its adaptation or adaptation score has disappeared from tonight's ceremony. <sighs> so we're just down to one score category as best original score. Hmm. Uh, and uh, John Williams, who is nominated for The Empire Strikes Back, which I believe is a sequel to a movie we might have talked about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The Celestial Battles. Oh, yes, that yes, area. Yes. that's right. Pew, pew. That striking empire. Uh, yes. It loses. He loses to fame. There's no exclamation point. I just wanted to hmm. say it like that. Uh, Michael Gore picks up an Academy Award for fame. Okay. Uh, best original song goes. Are we to... just gonna fucking pass by everything in the fucking best original song like that? I I just got to original song. You just skipped over it. No, no you, said it. Just, you said it. You I said, said it. best original song, and then I was going to say fame from fame. Yeah. But Michael Gore in lyrics by Dean Pitchford, and then I was actually going to cover it on here because there are two songs on here I cannot believe fame from Jesus fame. Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> <laughs> because one of them is 9 to 5 from 9 to 5 by Dolly Parton. Mm. Mm. The other is On the Road Again from Honeysuckle Rose by Willie Nelson. How the fuck did fame be either of those? I guess it is going to live forever. Oh, God. (laughs) Jonathan, it's going to learn how to fly. (laughs) (sighs) Yeah, I don't get it. I don't get it. Nine to five. On the road again. Must have been a split. People were just so torn. Fame snuck in there. Crap. Yeah. Porch. Just what are we doing? Nine to five is a great movie, too. Yeah, it really is. Uh, I'm ups- is a treasure. I'm upset to not see it in so many other categories. Yeah. yeah. All three. All three of those women should have been nominated. And Daphne Coleman. Yeah. Uh, best sound goes to The Empire Strikes Back. Uh, best costume design goes to Tess. So Anthony Powell picking up an Academy Award there. Best art direction goes to Tess, beating Empire Strikes Back and Kaje Musha. Mm. Uh, best cinematography. I'm actually really surprised that Elephant Man didn't get that one. The art direction. Art direction. Yeah. Yeah, maybe that's that's a really nice looking film. Mm. I'm gonna have words later. All right. Uh, best cinematography goes to Tess, uh, splitting the nomination between uh, Ghislaine. Cluquet, and I probably said that wrong, and Jeffrey Unsworth, who picks up the award posthumously. R.I.P. Jeffrey Unsworth. Yes. Uh, best film editing goes to Raging Bull, giving Thelma Schoenmacher her second Oscar. And again, we'll be talking about that a lot more tomorrow. She's back, bitches! <laughs> That's right. So we got words about Thelma on Thursday. So please join us for Thursday and listen to those words. Words, words, words. Our special achievement award for the evening goes to the Empire Strikes Back for its visual effects. Brian Johnson, Richard Edlin, Dennis Murin, and Bruce Nicholson, a special achievement Academy Award. 
Brian Johnson. Was Back in Black released this year? Oh, yeah. The ACDC album? <laughs> yeah. So Brian Johnson joining ACDC, replacing the late Bond Scott, and picking up an Special Achievement Academy Award for the Empire Strikes Back. What a year for Brian Johnson, <laughs> right? <laughs> All right. Big Book Oscar Trivia Time gives us our honorary and other awards to Henry Fonda, the consummate actor in recognition of his brilliant accomplishments and enduring contribution to the art of motion picture. And to Fred Hines, in appreciation for outstanding service and dedication in upholding the highest standards of the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences Medal of Commendation, it says in parentheses. Ooh. Uh, even Irving G. Thalberg Memorial Award, none given this year. Gene Herschel Humanitarian Award, none given this year. Okay. And that is our Oscar breakdown. Thank you for the breakdown. I, um, you know, think about Empire and uh i wonder if it's one of those things where it's like it's a sequel and they gave star wars certain things and they're not gonna do empire again and it's i don't know because you know it's worthy in so many categories yeah 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 i mean it's a i i think it's a much stronger movie than the original star wars yeah and jonathan will be happy to know that i think empire strikes back is better than annie hall well that's good <laughs> <laughs> yes but that's me so let's talk about this movie. Let's do that. Um, question. Okay. Is there a wider movie ever made? I'm hard pressed to think of one. Cause Jesus fucking Christ. I had to turn the contrast down in this movie. Like, <laughs> holy fuck. Like, did we forget to do the white scale before every, every <laughs> shot? Come on guys. <laughs> so anyway, outside of that, um, this movie was okay. Yeah, I'm not sad that I've skipped this one all these years. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's... <sighs> like, Mary Tyler Moore was great for the role that she played. Um, But I just fucking hate, like, this type of white people. Like, I really do. And to have, like, an entire movie, like, thank God for Judd Hirsch. Like, yo! Like, <laughs> hold on, let me let me go to this letterbox real quick and read you what I wrote about this movie. Uh, I don't I, My phone is so slow. Yeah, Judd Hirsch is so, so good in this movie. Right? And he brings an energy in every scene that he is in that I feel lax whenever he's not on screen. Yeah. Right. Uh, literally, here's here's my review of Ordinary People, and it says, Judd Hirsch saved this one. The fucking legend. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Zach looks like he's got some thoughts. Oh, yeah, I got hips. Well, no, I'm nothing really dynamic. I'm, I'm kind of in agreement with you guys as far as, like, it was all right. Uh, <laughs> what I've got here, I said it's a good movie, but it's a little like a high production uh, value after school special. And I, I think, yeah, I was going to say <laughs> yeah. a lifetime movie. Yeah. Is it Timothy Hutton? Actually, I, I saw like on his um, filmography, he has, I think literally after this movie came out, he did like an after school special about, <laughs> oh, oh, and we forgot to kind of mention, um, content warning that we're going to be discussing suicide yeah. and depression. So 
But yes, he did an after school special for um like suicide and depression because and, of the popularity of the movie, I guess. Right. And yeah. I'll say that's that's probably the one thing that kept me at least semi interested through the the runtime of this film is that I don't know many films around this time that were specifically mm. dealing with these things in the way that this dealt with it. And while it felt a little melodramatic and a little <sighs> underacted and underfilmed, like it, it still kind of had a, a underlying realism to it that yeah, I thought, yeah. you know, this is worth covering kind of would have liked to seen, uh, you know, not such, waspy characters being the ones (laughs) we were focusing on (laughs) so i kind of have a theory on that um i really think that if this movie did not have an actual tragedy that led to um conrad's actions um it would have been like i think somebody really looked at it and was like hey we need something a little bit heavier because uh this could just be a movie about nothing but white privilege yeah like right. seriously if it had been and just if it had, had if there was no older brother who died in this movie and it was just you know somebody you know dealing with depression and you know trying to commit suicide it it would have pulled me away from this movie in every possible way mhm mm-hmm. Because this is just a movie of privilege. And it, it is, in a way, it's kind of interesting to see that side to go, hey, this is everywhere. This is not just, you know, right. on the, the lower side of, uh, of the American lifestyle. Um, but I, I just, God, I, if it wasn't for Don, Donald Sutherland's fucking smile, I just would not have cared about any character of this entire movie. Like I felt so bad for the dad because he just felt like, you know, it, he was trying to help in every possible way. Mm-hmm. He was trying to keep everything together, but he wasn't doing it in a way of like ignoring like the mom was. Yeah. Like he was trying to be sincere about, Hey, I want to help while at the same time trying to, keep his wife happy who very much just was not going to happen so and you know you got to feel bad for her but it get to the point where i was actually surprised that you know they kicked her out at the end where they're just like no she just kind of was an unredeemable character yeah i will say that we've got the kind of the theme of shitty mothers two weeks in a row i I don't know with with fathers who kind of save the day it's like uh... so so i say that to leanne i'm like here we are the second week in a row where i'm watching a movie where the mom just abandons the family at the end yeah and i was like i don't i don't get why we're getting this right now and leanne just looks at me she's like because uh w- women were really starting to go into the workforce this time mm. yeah so yeah. you start thinking about okay that message of you've ruined the nuclear family women <laughs> Uh, Fuck. And, and and here uh, as as kind of extra proof of that, nine to five is not represented. Yeah, in these Oscars, and I realize it's more of a comedy, so it's not going to get a fair shake in the first place. But that's kind of an amazing film, and should be in every above the line category. If you yeah. ask me, I I do agree with both of you talking about. You know, it's good that we got this perspective of suburbia and the 
the idea that depression and, and and therapy is something that's good for everybody, but there's still in that society it was looked at and it's still looked at as like a sign of weakness and not something that certain people are supposed to do. Right. And especially your children who are your status symbols. Yeah. 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 So if your status symbols are broken, then what does that make you? Exactly. Um, it, it was hard for me to to get into this movie. Yep. Yeah, I think, uh, unfortunately, this is not going to be a super dynamic discussion of this movie itself because the movie is not. I do, I, th- I think Timothy Hutton was fine and I'd only really known him uh, from uh, uh, House, uh, The Haunting of Hill House on Netflix. Like, okay, like, uh, yeah. It's <laughs> like, oh, I recognize him. You should. You should see him play himself and his evil twin in the movie the dark half oh okay nice i don't understand how he beat judd hirsch though i thought he was meh throughout the entire movie like if not over dramatic like you had said earlier like and I, yeah and i'll tell you what judd hirsch is such a good actor that he earned timothy hutt that oscar because <laughs> timothy hutt when he's not on screen with judd hirsch is fine he does okay but man any scene where it's just him and Judd Hirsch, I'm like, this is incredible. These two are great together. Yeah. This just feel like Hirsch is bringing it out of them. Yeah. 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 But, but Hutton gets all the dynamic stuff between them and Hirsch just gets to like sit there and be like, all right, so you're mad. What now? Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> but he's so fucking good at it. Mm-hmm. Like, I just wanted to start spilling my guts to Judd Hirsch every time he'd ask a question. Listen exactly. to my problem. Yeah, this movie is it's it's one of those because it's it's not bad. It leaves a lot to be desired, yeah. um, especially comparatively to the rest of the films of this year. Yeah, I, I I do like that it takes a while to get to the point that uh, Timothy Hutton tried to kill himself, and that you get to meet somebody from his group, and yeah, uh, I think it's kind of shitty that they killer off screen <laughs> yeah just awful yeah i will say uh for a minute i i was uh i was having a hard time telling karen and janine apart at first because they had similar haircuts but then i yep <laughs> but then i was like okay wait i know i know elizabeth mcgovern uh so i'm gonna right. focus <laughs> and like i know who she is um yeah. yep. i liked i liked them both as as characters and um no, we've also uh, started your singing in McDonald's list, haven't we, Paul? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See if that happens in any other movies I watch. But yeah, this and uh, Mac and Me. Yes. You got to love when you have something in common with the movie Mac and Me. Yes. So, folks, if you know other <laughs> movies where people are singing in a McDonald's, drop it in. Actually, a, a dancing Jennifer Aniston. Yes. Oh. We, we will accept any any film and I will watch it because I hate myself. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, sorry that there's not much to say about this movie because there's really not a lot to say about this movie. Do you guys have notes, Zach? I mean, man, he, he, you know, he didn't want to, he felt pressured to be on the swim team. He didn't want to be on the swim team. You know, the horrible that his brother died, but they were like on their private little boat. So more, waspiness yeah yeah it's like we're not we're not discounting his pain you know everybody everybody's trauma matters but when it's fictional it's just 
kind of hard to get get behind some of these things. Uh, yeah, I yeah. I, I will say, you know, Mary Tyler Moore uh, playing against type in this as yeah. the cold mother. Um, her restraint was really good in that moment where she finally, you know, had her little cry to herself. That was, I think, that was well timed, well done. Yeah. I, I also liked her blow up at the, when Donald Sutherland's kind of talking about calling their son, which. Oh God, I hated, I kind of hated the scene, but I like the way she acted it where she's like, I'm surprised you're not talking to our child. He's like, Oh, I was thinking of calling him tonight. You know, the child yeah. that we have together that's <laughs> in high school. I was going to call him because we're away from him. And you know, he tried to commit suicide and she's like, I can't believe you're just going to bend over backwards for him. I'm calling our child. What the yeah. fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> Yeah, just don't don't be don't be that parent. Yeah. Um, don't be that parent. I uh I don't think love Robert Redford, but in no way did he deserve a best director for this. No. Um, oh. Honestly, I I I have things to say about that later. Yeah. Um yeah. He's Yeah, this this feels like the first time that he directed a film and it it's very pedestrian. The directing is not dynamic in any way. And it really feels like one of those, well, we couldn't really think of anybody else to give it to. So we give it to you, I guess, because we didn't give you an acting award yet. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I mean, wow. I realize you had two guys who actually made incredible, incredible films in this category. Yeah. Right? Thoughts on that later too. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, so let's move on then. And uh, Paul, is this movie in the library at all? Uh, I had one more note for oh, yes, you two. Just, just a, a quick aside. Did you notice uh, the the swim team guy that uh, the coach? No, the, okay. the no, the coach is in at Walsh. I'm sure you yeah. noticed him. Uh, <laughs> the the young man that he gets into the fight with. Mm-mm. You you didn't notice one who that, that wasn't. Yeah. I think I knew it while I was watching it, but I forgot. Who was it? It was Adam Baldwin, Jane from <laughs> wow. Firefly. Uh, wow. Hmm. Nice. Who was the one with the pretty hair? Hero of Canton. The man they call Jane. Just wanted to throw that out there. Thank you. Um, no, this is not. Thank God. Oh, good. <laughs> I'd guess 2013 if it was, but it's yeah, not, so. no, I, I wouldn't. It's not. I think thir- 2013 it would have been too generous. Yeah, yeah, especially with stuff that would have gotten in after it. But um, I think this is going to be a fun one to try to guess which one came in first, though. I'm going to kind of give Zach a hint for tomorrow night. Say I can't do that tonight. <laughs> Oh, wow. <laughs> I was going to guess that. So uh, it's a fair hint, but I was thinking. Yeah. Um, so I I was just going to have you guess when uh, another film got in. Yeah. Because it's the one we brought up. Uh, Empire Strikes Back is in. Uh, and, and we've talked about it a couple times now. So can you give me a year that Empire Strikes Back gets into the National Film Registry? So this is the first year we're doing where it can't can no longer be a first class movie right because it hasn't yeah. been 10 years because uh, the earliest yes. it could go and it's 1990 yeah I'm going to go 1998 because that would have been around about that time that they re-released yeah I'm going to go 95 
uh, I guess Jonathan would get the prices right, but it is 2010. Oof. For Empire. For Empire. Oof. Star Wars was a first class? Star Wars was a first class. Okay. Yeah. I guess you're like, yeah. oh, we got Star Wars in the zoo. Yeah. That's... <laughs> so that's, that's that. So mm-hmm. um, here is our list, and it is a, a hefty one this mm-hmm. week. Uh, Atlantic City. Uh, the Blues Brothers, which of course was 2020, so that was just last year. Mm-hmm. Um, Coal Miner's Daughter, Vampire Strikes Back, a documentary, and oh god, I love this title: "Garlic is as good as mothers." <laughs> as ten mothers, wow. I'm sorry, ten as mothers. ten mothers, ten mothers. So okay. garlic is as good as ten mothers. Uh, an experimental film that was released between 1980 and 1982 called "Hours for Jerome," parts one and two. The Life and Times of Rosie the Riveter documentary, who uh, just celebrated an anniversary this year. Um, The Moon Breath Beat, an animated short subject. Uh, Raging Bull, so you will be guessing that tomorrow night, Zach. Mm -hmm. Uh, Return of the Secaucus 7. And finally, uh, Stanley Kubrick's The Shining gets in. Okay. Uh, uh, hey, Paul? Paul Workman? Uh, hey, past, past guest and host of Dairy Public Radio, Joshua Khan, what are you doing here? The hell? Hey, uh, yeah, I, I just heard you guys, uh, my ears burn whenever somebody says something good about The Shining. Oh, okay, uh, oh, no, Jonathan, let him talk. Yeah, God damn it, Jonathan. No, uh, look, I just wanted to stop by and say that Jonathan's completely wrong. That movie sucks. I hate it. <laughs> I hate it so much. It shits on what The Shining is. I'm, I mean, yeah, it completely perverts the ending and changes the entire meaning of the text. But if you you cannot have a movie where your main protagonist slash villain is no one you root for in any way. That's why the ABC version directed by Mick Garris, friend of Dairy Public Radio, is a much better version because you actually care about what happens to Jack Torrance. And mm. And as much as I love uh, Jack Nicholson's performance in that film, because it is kind of a stellar performance, I think Steven Weber really captures the heart of the character of Jack Torrance. Exactly. You see a struggle. You know that he's going to fail, but you still root for him. When you watch Jack Nicholson, yes, he is amazing at being crazy. But at the same time, he starts crazy. There's no place for him to go. Mm. I mean, that's true. And uh, he, he can be the greatest actor of all time and still just put in a pretty decent performance. Right. Also, no one's saying that movie's not beautiful. The movie's very, it's a very pretty, it'd be a great music video. <laughs> right. Uh, Stanley Kubrick's perfect at having beautiful imagery with empty morals. <laughs> just what he does. <laughs> exactly. Well, okay. Well, as long as you guys weren't going to praise it too much, I just had to stop in, make sure that all of these bases were covered so everybody knew that there's a far superior version of The Shining they can check out. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Thanks awesome. for dropping in. All right, guys. Uh, wow. I'm going to head back to Dairy Public Radio, a show okay. people uh, actually listen to. And uh, I'll catch you guys next time. Okay. I'm, a go- I'm, I'm a guest. And Jonathan, I swear, to- don't, don't even start with me, Jonathan. Yes. Jonathan, <sighs> chill Jonathan. out. All right. I'm going to leave. I'm a- you know what? I won't come back unless Jonathan's not here. All right. See you guys. What the fuck? Wow. That was- I mean, he didn't have to say that nobody listened to us. Yeah. That kind of hurt. Jeez. Can I talk now? Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm sorry about all that. So anyway, yeah, uh, the, the Shining. I guess we talked about that. All right, 
and that's uh that's that okay all right uh, I noticed you said Atlantic City, which uh, is funny because it's nominated next year. But I guess it was a real late release in the year. Yeah, so. I, it was yeah. probably one of those, one yep. of those like released at can or some shit. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right, so I'm going to go ahead and assume that you guys know what the number one movie this year was. Uh, was uh, it Garlic Office? is as good as Ten Mothers? Yeah. Ah, no, so close, so close. <laughs> um, so you guys know that Empire was number one. Oh, yeah. By a lot. Take a guess at two, three, and four. Two, three, and four. Holy shit. Take Uh, a guess. I'll I'll give you points if you get one of those. uh, Airplane, Caddyshack, uh, Blues Brothers, uh, Ordinary People. I was going to say Ordinary People. Okay. I was going to say... Oh, geez. I don't even know. Uh, Okay, we'll do do Ordinary People because I feel like it's gotta be really weird back to this um uh tess and uh i'll say airplane okay airplane was the only one of those that you guys got jesus and that was number four (laughs) caddyshack's radar i guess so maybe it wasn't yeah Yeah, caddyshack did not even hit top 10 number two (laughs) nine to five oh Oh, i should have guessed that i've been talking about it all fucking number three Stir crazy, really? Oh. Yes. Oh man, I love that film. Was that their first one together? I think it was. Uh, Prior and Wilder. Uh, Wilder. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nine to five. It went Empire. Nine to five. Stir crazy, and then Airplane. Oh, um, ordinary that. people didn't even hit the top ten. Well, you know, uh, I'm I'm shocked. I didn't guess Zach's favorite film, Friday the Thirteenth. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, Trev is wrong. Uh, the first Friday the 13th is one of the greatest twists of horror time. I, and I agree. I think it's a good twist. I think uh, Tom Savini's makeup work is absolutely incredible. And um, uh, I have makeup notes next week. I'm Ooh, excited cool. about. Nice. Uh, I they, used to... they pertain to a movie this week, but I'm going to give them next week. Cool. Go on. You used to win. I used to own the box set with the first seven movies, and um, you know I watched them when I was in high school. But you know, I respect them. Uh, you know that slashers and horror just aren't really my cup of tea normally. So I see, I, it's like the only horror, like slashers and schlock. That that's my horror love right there. Hmm. But uh, oh god, I need to go. I need to. Has the show been good? The, uh, I've only watched the first episode and I really liked it, but I was told the second episode's better. So, oh, okay. Yeah, I need to get on that child's play. All right. So, let's get into our worsty judgments. And I'm going to start this week. Oh, because I watched four out of five movies. Holy smokes. Uh, a couple of those for the first time. I did not get a chance to watch Tess, um, basically. And I, 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 I'm not saying I watched four to five. I've actually watched three, but I've already seen Raging Bull before. So, um, and yeah, Tess is just three hours. I did not have time for. <laughs> but yeah. Um. So, Jonathan, yes. <laughs> Does this movie deserve Best Picture? No. No, not at all. If I was going to rank them, uh, of the four that I've seen, 
ordinary people would be number five. I've not seen Tess, but I'm assuming it's better than this movie. (laughs) (laughs) Um, After that, it really gets tough for me. Um, I did not think I was going to like Coal Miner's Daughter, but I fucking loved that movie so much. It was great. Um, The problem is Elephant Man is a really good film. It is such a pretentious movie, though. (laughs) Like, it feels up its own ass a lot but it feels like it deserves to be at the same time (laughs) so uh, i don't know uh raging bull was ahead of its time i personally think um i think that raging bull would have won a few years later only because of the language i feel like the academies being a lot of just kind of really stiff people. The movie kind of comes out just swinging. So yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, of them, all the ordinary people just no oh God, that movie was so fucking boring. <laughs> <laughs> like, it just wasn't good. It was man. It wasn't bad. It just wasn't good. It did not deserve to be here. Um, and I mean, I, you look at 1980, as a whole and you go why wasn't blues brothers nominated instead of this one i mean caddyshack i feel could have been nominated <laughs> yeah caddy caddyshack i don't think was very well respected in 1980 which is it's sad I, it's no respect no respect um flash gordon guys come on <laughs> <laughs> it's the same of the universe but eh, I just no this movie did not deserve to be here so much and I don't know why I really I think the honest answer is like Paul said Robert Redford was gonna get an award and it I guess they wanted to give it to him now maybe the academy saw themselves in the waspiness uh, maybe, but I, I just don't think like they at that point were it's seen what they should have seen. <laughs> so I don't know. It just I feel like 1980 was pretty stacked. Mm, like yeah. I mean, there was a lot in 1980. Like where the Buffalo Room didn't even get touched. So yeah, I'll I'll say this about all, where the Buffalo Room. I really enjoyed that film, but it is kind of a mess. That's kind of the point, though. They're 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 shoving like three Thompson novel like stories yeah. together, and trying to make trying to make a cohesive narrative out of it. I get that. I just, uh, I don't know. So yeah, I, no, this movie, yeah, no, <laughs> did not deserve it. Zach, what do you think? Um, you know, I'm uh kind of. I think my list might be identical to yours except i didn't rank test because that's the one i haven't seen so i'm I'm just i'm just gonna say it now i didn't see it either (laughs) i just had a busy week and right yeah yeah i did want i did want to watch it though okay go on sorry so from four to uh spoiler four to one i'm the same i've got uh ordinary people uh coal miner's daughter elephant man and raging bull i mean i love elephant man and raging bull so much and i think either one of them 
deserve best director probably marty he should have got it for taxi driver but um they're just beautiful beautiful films and even if elephant man is manipulating your emotions a little bit i still cry and it's it's funny like watching anthony hopkins um a lot of people we see when they're younger than we're familiar with their work um from a modern perspective you know their voices are different but it's like he's got the exact same voice but looking younger so it was like a kind of a weird but weird we're, we're kind of getting to that point where they're not that much younger no, like i mean no. you look at i mean when was silence was uh, 91 so it's only one so yeah yep um shadow Shadowlands isn't too long after this either yeah yeah but i'll you know i'll hold my thoughts on raging bull for uh tomorrow maybe i shouldn't have ranked it because that's kind of a spoiler but <laughs> is what it is i mean we're so, ranking we're ranking that amidst scorsese's films and not right, the best right. pictures so to say that you think it's the best film of this year or at least of this category doesn't say where you put it in your scorsese rankings that is correct um i think you know i honestly think empire strikes back should have got a best picture nod too um <sighs> just because it's you know, if you're gonna, if we look at like Lord of the Rings, to Lord of the Rings, yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Yeah, those got <laughs> multiple nods, but um, I think that's just honestly the Academy finally being pressured to look at the uh, box office, like, or at least the the fantasy genre, because yeah, yeah. Um, the last thing I'll say, you know, definitely shout out to Airplane and Blues Brothers. Um, fan of Caddyshack, even though you know it's a cornball horny comedy um <laughs> we're in the 80s baby that's all we get baby <laughs> thank thank you uh national lampoon's animal house <laughs> and <laughs> i have to say it uh i don't care what you and josh Kahn have to say about the shining i like the shining um Except for the ending with Jack Nicholson's frozen face, I, I, it just it, ruins the ending for me. It it, it ruins the central metaphor of the book, and it fucking sucks. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm done, Paul. All right. Um, this is gonna be real fucking boring. We're agreeing on everything tonight. Four to, <laughs> four to one. It's the same. But I did watch Tess. What the fuck is happening this week? <laughs> We're just ordinary people. That's right. Um. All right, so a uh, couple of quick notes. Uh, Gold Miner's Daughter uh, is a film I've always loved. Uh, it, it's a film that means a lot to me personally, number one, because I love Loretta Lynn. She's one of my all-time favorite songwriters. Mm-hmm. Um, also, if you haven't heard the album she did with Jack White back in like 2003, 2004, mm. incredible. Start to finish, just an amazing album. Can we also talk about Tommy Lee Jones's bitch ass slapping in that movie? Yeah. <laughs> Ginger uh, Tommy Lee Jones is weird too, you know, as as a man yeah. who loves Ginger. Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh there's a song on that album that she did with Jack White called uh, Miss Being Mrs. Hmm. that will break the fuck out of your heart, especially after seeing this movie. Um also uh aside from her becoming a major country star the the whole beginning of this movie is essentially my grandmother's life. Oh wow. Like is that the same she house was, from um uh, uh deliverance too, I wonder. 
<laughs> Who knows? Um, yeah, uh, my grandmother was a coal miner's daughter in the hills of Kentucky, and wow. my grandfather was like 10 years older than her. So uh, he he was from Michigan, and he was visiting with, uh, what was he in the, the Navy? He was visiting with a Navy buddy, or might have been. I can't remember which branch of the military that grandfather was in because both of them were in the military. And I know my dad's dad was a Navy, so I could be confusing the branch. But anyway, so apparently he was visiting uh, a friend, a friend's home in Kentucky and spotted my grandmother and was like, I'm I'm going to pick that up. I'm going to marry that woman. And they were <laughs> sure enough. Nice. Uh, so so it means a lot to me. Um. It's such a good movie, too. Oh, God, Sissy Spacek so good in that movie. And Beverly D'Angelo. God damn it. Why wasn't her career better? Right? Like, she got into that one National Lampoon's vacation movie, and her career just went in the toilet. Well, and the thing is, like, I'd not seen really any range from her until this movie. And then I'm like, oh. You mean American History X, where she plays well, yeah. <laughs> Edward Norton's mom? Yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah. That's... What a performance. Anyway. Yeah, she's she's the best. Uh, yeah, so ordinary people, of course, is my last. It sucks. I don't. I don't. If it wasn't if it wasn't for them tackling what the subject matter that they tackled and Judd Hirsch just being an absolute legend, yeah, I, I just I don't think I could have sat through this movie at all. Honestly, even with those two things, I don't understand how this even got nominated. Fucking Popeye could have been nominated. Oh, for this. God. Robert Altman's Popeye is perfect. Right? Like, <laughs> it is a perfect film. The Harry it's, Nilsson music is... It's just the fact that the Academy does not take certain things seriously. Right. Because, like, you, you think Popeye, they're like, oh, it's a cartoon movie that's made live. Act. Like, no, that movie was really fucking good. <laughs> no, it's incredible. It's such a good movie. And I mean, Kirby, Kirby Goes Bananas was out this year. <laughs> of course. <laughs> One of the classics of all cinema. Right? So, yeah. Um, it, it just Elephant, doesn't make sense. Elephant Man and Raging Bull kind of tie at number one for me, I guess. I love them both for different reasons. It and, just sniffs its own farts. And John Hurt. Yeah, oh God. John Hurt should have won Best Actor. Yeah, he should Robert have. De Niro. I'm sorry. Wow. Robert De Niro and Raging Bull is so good, and we'll talk about that a lot more tomorrow. But for tonight, John Hurt's performance in The Elephant Man is one of the all-time great screen performances. Dude, when he starts doing psalms, like, near the beginning, I was like, fuck, this guy is good. Like, oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. No, this, mm -hmm. this movie, that movie was amazing. I... Yeah. The yeah, fact that... Go on. I was just gonna say I'm a huge David Lynch fan. I'd never seen it until this week. So, wow. Yeah, yeah. Uh, John Hurt should have won Best Actor. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then Raging Bull. I'll talk about tomorrow. So that's my that's my four to one. And uh, uh, yeah, Ordinary People shouldn't have been nominated. There was at least a thousand movies that <laughs> came out in 1980 yeah. that could have been on there and. We keep talking about the Blues Brothers, so one more quick anecdote. My dad had three cassette tapes in his truck when I was a kid, 1989, driving around in his tiny little truck. Two of them were Bruce Springsteen albums, mm -hmm. which now Bruce Springsteen's up there with Loretta Lynn 
And the other was the Blues Brothers movie soundtrack. Yeah. <laughs> so when I was five, I knew every lyric to the Blues Brothers movie soundtrack. And it it's another film that just means a whole bunch to me. Awesome. In fact, the first time I went and visited Chicago with Leanne, we went to Daily Plaza so I could point out where uh, the Blues Brothers drove their car at the very end of the movie. Nice. Sweet. I mean, there's nobody talking about ordinary people today. It's like, we're only yeah. watching it because no. of the podcast. It's yeah. it's it's a footnote because A, it won Best Picture. Why? We can't understand. B, it was Robert Redford's first first film that he directed. So they're yeah. just two footnotes that that keep it in the conversation just because of where it got placed. It's yep. it's nothing special. And you could you could turn on ABC at eight o'clock at night and watch soap operas that are exactly as good as this movie. Yeah. yeah. All right. So let's get into our second question here. Jonathan, does this movie or is this movie the worst best picture? No, but it's close. <laughs> um, I have this down as number 43 in between cavalcade and Tom Jones. Tom Jones needs to be pulled up. So. Tom Jones is my number 47. Oh, wow. Tom Jones is my number 27. Because it's so good. Zach, is this the worst best picture? No, it's not. Um, I'm looking at what we've watched recently. I think it is one of the stinkier ones we've seen in a while, though. I've got it at number 40 between A Man for All Seasons and All the King's Men. So... Number 40 out of 52 is not very good. Jonathan, where did you say you had it? 43. 43. Okay. Why? Oh, you got to ask me the question first. <laughs> hey, uh, hey, Paul, is this the worst best picture? No, it's not. But I have it at my number 40 because what the fuck is going on tonight? <laughs> <laughs> we must be right. <laughs> This is too much consensus for me. <laughs> um, I, I'm glad we all agree. I'm glad we're all like in the exact same headspace. I have it at 40 between Hamlet and Man for All Seasons. So I even have it next to one of Zach's movies. Nice. But I have it higher than Creme versus Creme from last week. So, mm. uh, How many movies do you guys have? Because I have 53 total. I have 53 total. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. 53. I don't actually have this ranked yet. I was just looking at it. So, 53. Okay. I just wanted to make sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, what a weird night. <laughs> Indeed. But, you know, just like this movie, it's just a white canvas and that's all it is. So, all right. So, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> All right, so we're going to go ahead and call it there. My name is Jonathan Pierce. You can find me on the Twitter, on the Letterbox, and on the Twitch at Altorn underscore Occam. Zach, where can we find you? You can find me on Critiker, Zach Master, X-A-K-K-M-A-S-T-E-R, TikTok, House Havoc, or Letterbox, searching my name, Paul. Uh, you can follow me across all platforms that follow the fear from Twitter to Instagram to TikTok. Letterbox, where I keep a running tally of all the movies that I watch within a week. And the last movie that I have watched uh, before this weekend started was Dune, which is a sad three-star disappointment. I gave this the exact same rating as Ordinary People. So if it wins Best Picture, it might be down at 40. I gave it three Uh, and a half. 
I, I, I liked it well enough, but I have all the same problems that you did. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. Hmm. I, I just think it's visually unappealing. Yeah, it, it. They should have gone the other way when it comes to desert. It should have been nothing but color. Yeah, it, hmm. it should have looked like the Aquaman desert scenes because those are gorgeous. Yeah, <laughs> yep. The only thing I'll say about the color palette is when they're underground and they see the plants, the green pop so much and it really like, oh my gosh, it's color for the first time. But there should have been more color, like at least in the explosion scenes. Yeah, (laughs) something. And uh, it was a well casted movie, a very well cast. And I think that's the one reason that I give it such a high ranking. Starsguard is just fucking amazing. Amazing. But, um, uh, and, and I, I've told people, like, I don't mind a monochromatic color palette as long as you do something with it, as long yep. as it looks good. Because, like, you know... Uh, L- let me say Matt, this. The, the sandworm reveal, I couldn't even see. It was so dark. Yeah I, yeah, I could not even see it. It was so, like, covered in darkness that I was like, why do I care? Yeah. Yeah, yeah but, like, Mad Max Fury Road mm-hmm. doesn't have mm-hmm. the greatest color palette in the world, but the black scale is so deep and dark yeah. that everything that is in color pops. Yep. And I know that's a lot of color grading. So Denis Villeneuve, who did Blade Runner 2049, one of the most gorgeous films ever made yep. <laughs> visually. How did this happen? Anyway, yep. that's, that's my Dune rant. I got to get off it before I start. Well, yeah. <laughs> before this becomes a two-hour episode. <laughs> <laughs> We got a little, a small amount of time for Dune, real quick. I, I gave it four stars, so I like it a little bit better than you guys. But it was still a disappointment because there was so much expectation with uh, the cast and and Villeneuve. dude, the lack of Zendaya throughout the entire fucking movie almost killed it for me. Mm. That that was kind of a, a killer. Like they shouldn't have, they shouldn't have hung so much of the the uh, teasing so much for the advertising. Yeah, 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 yep. that too. I am looking forward to the next installment. And, and that, and that's my thing is like, that, I think that's what gave me enough to up it at another half star was like, I am at least interested enough to see more, but it's not a very I mean, good standalone. I'll, yeah. I'll say yeah. that I bumped it up a half star for the same reasons. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It was, it was a 2.5 for me and got bumped up to a three. Cause I'm like, eh, if the next one comes out, the next one makes this one worth it. Maybe I'll bump the, this one up to a 3.5. But if if the next one comes out, it doesn't come out, or does come out and is as bland as this one, then yeah, I and it's like I told a bunch of my friends. I think every Lord of the Rings stands alone its own, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. this one I don't think it does. So Correct. no, we'll, so we'll we'll see in the future. I don't think it does at all because yeah, because this I when we finish this movie, I look to all the men I went with, and I was like. I felt like this was a two and a half hour first act. Yep. All of this was set up there. There was no payoff to anything. Yeah. It was like a TV pilot. Yeah. Yep. Uh, maybe I should go back to two and a half stars. I'm, <laughs> uh, I'm just not thrilled. I'm, I'm not thrilled with how the other thing is. It's so fucking serious. Yeah. Like the David Lynch one is weird and dumb. <laughs> this one's like everything we're saying is the most important thing that's ever been said. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Sounds good. 
fuck. I'm going to go watch some real cinema after this. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Seven Chucky movies. <laughs> well, there you go. So I guess what are you supposed to ask me now? What we're watching next week? Is that where we're at? Yeah, yeah, I think so. I was, I was looking down at other movies I watched this week. And it's oh, like, oh, yeah, I yeah. should I should have brought that up instead. Yeah, I'm going to go watch The Legend of Bagger Vance. <laughs> random decent, but good no just a decent robert redford movie oh yeah mm. i guess I, i'll go uh, watch the natural i <laughs> i think the legend of bag of fans is worse than ordinary people <laughs> of course it is but it's at least entertaining <laughs> and there's one black guy <laughs> he's magical <laughs> <laughs> You know what? I think we're doing Legend of Bag. It keeps coming up on the show. We're doing a Big Willie Weekend. It, I, we're not even going to do a thing. We're watching Legend of Bagger Bands yes. Big Willie Weekend. Yes. <laughs> I'm excited. All right. Keep me to that. I, I need to go write that in the, I need to go write that in the, the schedule. <laughs> All right. Zach, what are we watching next week? Next week, we are watching Chariots of Fire, which you can stream on HBO Max. Rent on Amazon, Google, Voodoo, or YouTube. Awesome. We would like to thank Trav from our sister podcast, Love Up with Benjamin Banks, for producing our show. We would like to thank Chad Ramsey for our MIFS excellent theme song. We would like to thank Megan and Jay Bellevue for our, our beautiful artwork. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Pod and on Facebook at The Oscarsy Podcast. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and leave us a nice five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher. It helps us to be seen in the almighty algorithm. Almighty algorithm. For Jonathan, Zach, and Judd Hurst, the fucking legend himself, I would like for you all to have a damn fine day. <laughs>